Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Big changes in Detroit, big changes in banking, big philanthropy on the broadcast today as well, and a hair salon. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is a nonprofit listener supported service. To keep our coverage strong and relevant, please make a tax deductible gift to Marketplace today. Your gift in any amount helps us keep you up to date and well informed wherever you are. Donate at marketplace.org by December 31st. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Con Rizdal. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Tuesday, the 10th of December. Good as always to have you with us, gang. There are, as of this writing, 22 women running Fortune 500 companies. Come next month, there will be one more. General Motors announced this morning Mary Barra will take over as CEO come the 15th of January. She'll be the first woman to run an American car maker and steps in just as GM gets out from under its government bailout. Marketplace's David Weinberg has that story, which isn't actually about Mary Barra being a woman at all. There's no doubt GM needed the bailout and had a reputation for designing cars that few Americans wanted. But the much-needed taxpayer money came with a great gnashing of teeth because there were strings attached. Big bonuses were frowned upon in a big way. Jack Nerad is the executive editorial director at Kelly Blue Book. He says now that GM is out from under the thumb of the U.S. government, it can raise executive compensation, which could help it attract top talent. And the hiring of Mary Barra, a lifelong GM employee, is another sign that normalcy is returning to GM. This returns the company to uh, the way it operated during its heyday. Or you could also look at it as a uh, return to the kind of management that got it into the problems that uh, led to its bankruptcy. GM most recently has had CEOs with financial backgrounds, ending with the most recent Dan Ackerson, who's stepping down. These top executives saw cars as just another financial instrument, says Nerad. Mary Barra has certainly exhibited an affection for automobiles uh, and understands automobiles in a much deeper way than the typical business executive would. So I think that that bodes well because it is a a product-driven industry. Today at the Detroit Athletic Club, finalists for the North American Car and Truck of the Year were announced. GM had six of the 24 entries. That's huge. Ford has none. Um, And I fully expect that they'll be finalists and probably winners. Edmonds analyst Michelle Krebs spoke to me from the Detroit Athletic Club. Three of GM's vehicles ended up among the six finalists. Krebs says GM is doing what other successful automakers have done for decades, offer compact, fuel-efficient cars. You know, General Motors and Detroit automakers were never known for building great small cars, but they are now. I'm David Weinberg from Marketplace. Shares of GM today, by the way, followed the herd on Wall Street off about a percent or so. Much of greater Washington, D.C. was shut down today for what turned out to be not all that much snow in the end. But financial regulators were on the job all the same and delivered to us the long-awaited Volcker Rule, the part of the Dodd-Frank financial reform law that is supposed to control the risks that banks take when trading with their own money. The rule itself clocks in at about 70 pages or so, but there is a preamble that goes, I don't know, 850, maybe 900 pages, and therein lie the loopholes. Marketplace's Nancy Marshall Genzer has that story. Big banks aren't saying much about the final Volcker rule. They just told us they were reviewing it. What does that mean? Lots of work for lots of lawyers, like Oliver Ireland, who's holed up in snowy Washington 
getting acquainted with the rule, bit by bit. I will spiral into the rule. Ireland is a partner at Morrison and Forrester and has lots of bank clients. As he spirals in over the next few days, Ireland will search for what some call loopholes. He prefers to call them exclusions. I'm going to be looking for things that it's not covering and where it was probably too broad to begin with. Things like what kind of bank trades the rule applies to. It's designed to keep banks out of the kind of trouble that helped cause the financial crisis. But at the same time, regulators didn't want to crimp the financial markets or make it more expensive to borrow money. So they made the rules really flexible. Joel Telpner is a partner at Jones Day. He says this flexibility is essential. These issues are so complicated that it's impossible for regulators to anticipate every concern that's going to arise. Critics say that flexibility was baked into the rule by bank lobbyists. Lobbyists and lawyers aren't the only ones pouring...